stone by stone Just every Ebenezer says I've never been alone My faith will surely falter That don't change what you've done Cause every Ebenezer points to where my help comes from Oh, every Ebenezer points to where my help comes from When a song tells the world what's most important, that's a message song. When a song helps us on both sides of heaven, that's a message song. these songs come together that's the message on Sirius XM
Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well. You're smiling. You're either up to something or your food didn't agree with you. Something. Stand with me, if you will, and let's sing At the Cross. My Savior bleed and in my sovereign die. Would he devote that sacred head for sinners such as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I had done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. But drops of grief can never repay the There by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Thank you. You may be seated. I hope everyone's had a good, good week, and uh, we are here to worship tonight. This is prayer meeting night. And so we want to remember all of those that are sick in prayer. If you have anyone you'd like for us to mention tonight, please do that right now if you have a prayer request. Yes. Sure. Who else? Anybody else? Yes. 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 Remember Louise Jackson and also Dorothy Bowman in your prayers, Coach May in your prayers. Anybody else? Yes, yes. 
If you have prayer requests, please put them in the box here, and we'll pray for those on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I always go through them during the day when I come in here to do my prayer, and I pray for them. So uh, if you want to put them in there, please do that tonight. And remember, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we meet here at 6 o'clock to pray, if you can come. And uh, we appreciate that. Well, we have no announcements tonight except March the 12th is our breakfast. So write that down, please. March the 12th is our breakfast. So uh, make sure you come. It's for Sunday school. Uh, around 9.15, 9.30, somewhere in there. Come in there and eat you a bite before you go to Sunday school. Well, 9 o'clock then. Come at 9 o'clock. I'm sure it'll be ready. And uh, you can eat and uh, uh, get to Sunday school. And uh, you'll enjoy that. So on the 12th of March. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank him for the opportunity to be in his house tonight and remember these prayer requests. I know you won't remember them all, but God already knows them, so uh, I just ask the Lord to bless these prayer requests tonight and these sick folks and folks that uh, are lost. We have a, a bunch of folks right now that we're praying for that are lost. I know everyone in this church tonight knows somebody that's lost, so get them on your heart and start praying for them this week. And uh, see what God will do about it, all right? Let's thank the Lord. Father, we love you. We lift you up. We magnify you. You're so worthy. You're so worthy of our praise. And we do praise you. And we worship you. And we love you. And Father, tonight, all these prayer requests, we can't remember every name, but Father, you do. And Lord, we ask that you'll touch those folks. And Father, help them to feel better. Help them to do better. I pray for lost folks. I pray, God, you'll save them before it's everlasting too late. I pray tonight, Father, for this time right now that we have set aside to give back to you. I pray for those tonight that will give online. I pray, Father, that you will bless them. And Father, those that want to give but don't have it to give, I pray, God, you'll make a way. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to give back to you. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be in your house tonight. In your precious name, we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.
hopes. Lord, you know all our fears. Words cannot express the love we feel, but we long for you to hear. So listen to our hearts. Hear our spirits sing. A song of praise that flows from those you have redeemed. We will use the words we know to tell you what an awesome God you are. But words are not enough to tell you of our love. So listen to our hearts. If words could fall like rain from these lips of mine, and if I had a thousand years, I would still run out of time. So if you'll listen to my heart, Listen to our hearts, hear our spirits sing, a song of praise that flows from those you have redeemed. We will use the words we know to tell you. Words are not enough to tell you of our love, so listen to our hearts.
If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to the book of Colossians chapter 4. The book of Colossians chapter 4. We will take our text tonight from verses 7 through 9. And we are going to talk on the subject tonight of plain, ordinary people. Plain, ordinary people. That's who we are, right? Plain, ordinary people. Did you know the Bible is full of just plain, ordinary people? And um, some of you, I know when you're reading your Bible through, maybe, I don't know that for a fact, I shouldn't say that, but you're reading your Bible through, and uh, you run across the name, and you just kind of skip it. Anybody ever do that? You just kind of skip a name? Well, you know, the words and the names in the Bible are very important. They actually mean something. The way we get to know what these names mean and what these people mean is do a history on them. So tonight we're going to do a little history on a couple of people and let you see what they meant to Paul because they were very, very important to Paul's ministry. You hardly ever hear of these names anymore. Well, you do hear of Onesimus a couple of times, but you hardly ever hear of these names much in the Bible. But when you hear of them, they're very important. So let's all stand tonight, and we're going to read together out of Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. You know, when I was studying this, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, another one of those messages that on names. But you know, once I started studying them, and I know you felt that way when I said that. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, they're very important. So we're going to talk about that tonight. Let's look in Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. All my state shall Tychias declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Now I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice about Onesimus. First of all, he, he puts out here, he says, who is a faithful brother, and a beloved brother. And then he says this. He says, who is one of you? Now I'm going to tell you a story here in just a moment why these people at Colossians probably thought, no, he's not one of us. And we're going to go behind the scene and see why they would have thought that. Let's thank the Lord for the reading of the word. Father, we love you. We lift you up. We magnify you because you're worthy of our praise. And tonight, Father, we come to you asking you to help us as we study together, as you preach through me and teach through me tonight, that we will learn more about these names in the Bible, what they really mean. Father, I pray that you will enhance your word tonight. I pray, Father, that you will help us to have an open heart tonight and listen, because God, you are a wonderful, wonderful God. Thank you for what you're going to do for us tonight in your word. And we will praise you forevermore for what you do. In your precious name we pray these things. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Tell somebody you love them before you sit down there. 
Names in the Bible. Names in the Bible. Somebody might say, well, why are you even bothering to look at these particular names? Well, these names are just ordinary people. That's the reason I entitled this message, Plain Ordinary People. They're just average, ordinary people. Just like you, just like me. But these ordinary people had decided that they were going to get the work of the Lord done. How many of you know that's what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to get the work of the Lord done. And God uses everyday people to do that. The Bible says that we are laborers together with God. So it takes a lot of just people that are just average in Average in all kinds of things. Unordinary people. Paul is one of the most famous personages in history. You all would agree with me on that. And all of us know about Paul. We all know, and we all may know, there were a number of people who were associated with Paul and his work. Matter of fact, many people are mentioned in his writings who were vital who were indispensable to the work of the Lord, which God did through the Apostle Paul. Well, tonight is no difference. These people that I'm going to mention tonight was very vital to what God was going to do through Paul in the writing of his word. In many of his writings, at the conclusions, you will find he will give a list of names and will thank them and show his appreciation to them. Paul was a man who had a genuine appreciation for people. He had a gratitude for people. And he had a whole host of them that were around him in the work of the Lord. I think it would be something you might get a blessing out of. Sometimes we just get a, and I think we ought to do this every now and then, just get a pencil and paper out and write down the names of people that have been vital in your Christian life. We ought to just take a, one a week maybe and let the Lord give it to you and write it down on a pad and remember what that person did for you in your Christian life. How many of you know before we got through we'd have a whole list of people that has been vital in our walk with the Lord? We should never forget those people because these people were a help to you. These people were an encouragement to you when you really needed encouragement. How many can say amen right there? So people like in your Sunday school. I remember people that taught me in Sunday school. And, you know, if they were talking to you tonight, they would probably say, I never thought that boy heard a thing in his life in Sunday school. But I did. I mean, some of them may be people in your children's church or on Wednesday night. You know, on Wednesday night at our church when I was a kid, we always had classes on Wednesday night downstairs, you know, and we, we, we did some of the things, you know, Bible stories, and during the summer times, you know, we had playtime, we'd go outside and different things. But I remember all of those folks that was involved in Wednesday night. I remember all of those folks as a kid when I was a kid, that uh, had vacation Bible school. How many, believe, how many remember that? That did ba vacation Bible school and uh, helped in that. 
Miss Goodman was one of those in vacation Bible school that always give the cookies out. Now, she was my best friend. Because I always got extra cookies. I mean, you just remember those folks that helped in the Lord, don't you? People that prayed for you when you needed prayer. People that helped you in different things. Young people's ministry, our youth directors and our people that helped them. But you remember people now, too. These people that play instruments, Miss Judy, and all these people that play instruments in our church and, and, and just do things in our church that help out. People that sing. I mean, like the Hood family and the, the uh, Dolores and all of you. And now I'm not going to mention somebody and you're going to get mad at me tonight, but I'm just saying, you remember these folks. Why? Because they had a part in your Christian life. They had a part of who you became and what you're becoming now. And we ought to remember these people, write their names down and remember them. And I want to thank all these people for being involved in our church work here. I mean, I, I, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I know I don't do that enough, and I should do it more. But I want to thank you for what you do. I want, I want to thank you for how you help. I mean, what will we do without these folks volunteering their time to help at the church? The nursery. And, uh, you know, uh, we have some new babies now, so uh, I'm going to be coming to some of you about nursery. We need nursery workers. And I know that moms now and dads now, they don't want to leave their babies. They want to stay in the nursery with them. But that's okay. I I'm fine with that. But we always need somebody in there to greet them, don't we? And to show them where everything's at and to help them out in any way we can. So, workers in the nursery, and you don't think you're doing anything. You know, a lot of times these people don't think they're really making a difference, but you are. You make a big difference in the church. You make a, di a big difference in these young people's lives, these, these new families. You make a big difference in everything that you do for their children. And, and they may never thank you, but I want to thank you tonight because that's a big help. And I thank you for doing that. These names that I'm going to read tonight and talk about are kind of like uh, biblical cameos. They, they are scripture snapshots. You might say, well, they're glimpses of the grace of God. The grace of God. You can see glimpses of the grace of God in these men that we're going to talk about. And, and, and every one of these names mentioned in these verses represents real people with all kinds of variety of work that they did. You will find people doing different kinds of things and people who had different personalities. But how many of you know tonight that God loves variety? He does. He, he loves variety in everything. I mean, look at the different kinds of animals that he has. Well, just look at the different kinds of people that he has. Amen? He loves variety. I mean, it's true. We're all different. God is a God of variety, and these have all different types of variety of people. But they're doing things, the kind of things that, that, that God would have them to do to help in the kingdom of God. So we're going to move down through these names, just a few of them tonight, and that brings the glimpses of God's grace before you. 
First of all, I want to talk about two messengers, the messengers here, and they're found in verses 7 through 9. The first one is Tychus. Tychus. And he, uh, it says here in verse 7, all my state, and that word state there means affairs. So all my affairs shall Tychus declare unto you who is a beloved brother. Now this is Paul writing this. Who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. So two messengers we're going to talk about, but Tychus we're going to talk about first. What did Tychus do? Well, first of all, we know that both of these men were used by God to bring a message to the believers at Colossae. All right, that's where we're at. He, he used them to do this. Tychus, he was indeed a man with a message. He is called a beloved brother by Paul, a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. Now, what this indicates to us that Tychus was uh, the right-hand man to Paul. And we know he was a personal assistant to Paul. We're going to see a little bit more about him. He was a personal assistant. You might put it this way. He was an executive secretary to Paul. He was there with him all the time. In his, prison, in his prison times, and he was there with him all the time, and he was there to do his, his executive work for him. By the way, one thing about Tychus was that he was a man that could be counted on. You see, if you're going to work for the Lord, if you're going to do things for the Lord, you need to be counted on. Is everybody with me? Say amen. amen. You've got to be somebody that can be counted on. Antiochus was uh, the right-hand man. He was there, and he was, he was a, the Bible says that he could be counted on. He, he was a beloved brother, and then it said this, he's a faithful minister. In other words, he had, we know about him from this scripture that he had a shepherd's heart. He had a shepherd's heart, just like a pastor. He had a prophet's ministry. He's called a faithful minister. Now notice that word faithful for just a moment about this Tychus. What does that mean, faithful there? It's the key ingredient, folks, for all Christian service. If you're going to work for the Lord and do the things of the Lord, how many of you know you've got to be faithful? You've got to be faithful. You see, you just can't come, you know, once ever six months and, and, and be counted faithful in the work of God. You can't. You got to be in there doing the work. You got to be in the trenches. You got to be ready to do what God has you to do. And have a shepherd's heart, a, a, a ministry about you. There, there's a word you need to get into your heart to serve the Lord faithful. The Bible says, moreover, it is required in stewards or servants that a man or woman be found what? Faithful. So I asked you tonight, Tychus was one of those that Paul wrote down in the Word of God. He's faithful. Man, he's faithful. I can count on him. I can count on him to do the work that he signed up to do. I can count on him to do what God wants him to do because he's a servant. He, he's faithful to the call that God has put on his life. 
You may not be the most talented person in the world, just kind of like me. Uh, you, must, you may just be ordinary, but in what God has given you to do, whether it be keep the nursery, whether it be to clean a sink, whatever it is, God says, be counted faithful. Be counted faithful in it. You see, faithful means you're dependable. Faithful means that you're trustworthy. I think about those of you who serve in the nursery and, and, and probably, you know, nobody even knows your name. Nobody knows uh, who you are or, or what you're doing or anything because, like I said, anymore uh, they want to watch their own kids and that's fine. You know, I, that's fine. But we can be there to be faithful. Amen? In Sunday school, we can be there to be faithful. In church, we can be... Oh, I'm going to say that again. In church, we can be there to be faithful. To be faithful and be counted faithful. So if you've been given a responsibility in anything in this church, anything that you do, be faithful. Be committed to it. And tell the Lord that you're His and that you're going to do what He would have you to do and be faithful. So... A responsibility. Tychus is a faithful brother. We know in the scripture that this man was an Asian Christian. We know that from the scripture. And that he followed the apostle Paul. He went with him everywhere he went. But it seems that this man is the man. You know, I want to say something right. He was a man that had put, been put in a position to be behind the man. He wasn't out front. Amen. He didn't have to be seen by everybody. Is anybody listening to me tonight? He didn't have to have the praise. He didn't have to have the glory. He was behind Paul, and that was where he was supposed to be, and that's where he wanted to be. And you know what he was? He was faithful. He was found faithful in that position. I tell you what, God will teach us all a lot tonight if we'll just listen. But it seems that this man is a man who was a kind was kind of like a postman, you know. <laughs> I remember as a little kid, we had a postman, you know, that walked the street. You know, he'd walk down the street and come up your driveway and put your mail in the mailbox, you know. And, you know, if it had something special for you, you'd knock on the door and you'd come get it. Anybody have, you remember that? Ours was uh, the preacher. What was his name, David, that had the one arm? What was his name? I can't think of his name, but he was a preacher. He really was. What? That's him. Yes. Bud Pate. Yes. And, um, and he was, uh, you know, he delivered the mail. And uh, I think that was him. Anyway, he delivered the mail. I remember him being a preacher. And him coming up the driveway and delivering the mail. He was the postman. Well, that's kind of what Tychus was. He was a postman. He was delivering the mail every day. And you say, what in the world are you talking about delivering the mail? Well, they didn't have email like we do. They didn't have text like we do, you know. And probably we don't need that, amen? It gets us in trouble a lot. They didn't have that kind of thing of that day. So evidently the letters to the Colossians, these letters... These words we're reading and preaching out of. The letter to the Colossians, the, the Word of God, was what he was in charge of. And he carried, Tychus carried the mail from the Apostle Paul to the churches all the time. 
Here's a man who was rather insignificant in history. He never did get the honor and praise, yet he is on a very significant errand. He is taking God's word to the people of Colossians. Now think about that for just a moment. Why in the world would he mention Tychus? Why would he do that? Well, he was very important to the word of God. He took the word of God. And that's not the only place he took. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But he, he, he had a, a, a significant job. He was taking God's word. He's the postman for God's word that Paul was writing. Uh, we can all be that way. Every one of us here tonight can be the postman. We can take God's word. Because we're living in a world that knows very little about the word of God. Did you know the Bible is still the most uh, selling book in the world. Did you know that? That it sells more than any other book the Bible does. But do you know we're the most illiterate when it comes to knowing the Word of God? Now think about that. Tychus was mentioned because he took the Word of God. The, the most significant book in the world. He took it. By the way, the Bible is still the bestseller. But most people don't know much about the Bible. So there is the messenger, Tychus. And we all can be like him. The second messenger, messenger is Onesimus. Now look at Colossians 4.9. Let's talk about Onesimus. What was, he, what was so good about him, preacher? I told you I was going to tell you a little story about him. Well, here's what it says in verse 9. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Now, when the Colossian Christians read the name Onesimus, they all sat up straight and started to listen. And I'm going to tell you why. With Onesimus, it says there he's a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. Now, that really got their attention. If there was one thing they knew in Colossians is that Onesimus, he certainly wasn't a brother to them. You want to know why? Well, it's all about this man, Onesimus. Onesimus was a runaway slave. Did you know that? He was a runaway slave. He had been owned by Philemon and had run away. Not only did he run away, he stole some things from Philemon. He was a thief. He was a robber. And evidently had... Uh, Wound up in jail. You know who he wound up in jail with? <laughs> with Paul. Isn't that something? I mean, here was a man that Philemon owned him. And he escaped from being a slave and stole stuff from Philemon. And then they called him and he ended up in jail. And right beside him was Paul. Now what do you think is going to happen with Paul in the house? That's something, isn't it? Isn't that something how God sets things up? He finds himself in jail with the Apostle Paul. And you know what Paul did? Well, he just led him to Christ. He told him about Jesus, and you know what happened to Onesimus? He got saved. Hallelujah. 
Now, I want you to go home tonight and read uh, Philemon. I want you to read it. It's only one chapter. I want you to read it and find out about Onesimus, if I'm telling you the truth or not. <laughs> so Paul led him to faith in Christ. So here was a criminal that became a convict, and now he's a companion. And when he sent out this letter, when this letter went out, they were thinking, now, he's no companion of ours. He's, he's that guy, you know, that's a thief, that's this. He's been a convict. He's been everything. You know, people still think that way sometimes. But I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus Christ gets a hold of you, everything changes. All things become new in Jesus Christ. How many is glad you're new tonight? Amen. I'm glad I'm new. I'm glad I'm not like I used to be. He became brand new. That reminds me of the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, the gospel can take an enemy and turn him into a Christian. And Paul says to Philemon, now here's what Paul says to him, that, that he's going to send Onesimus back to him, and if he owes you anything, he said, just put it on my account, I'll pay it. That's what Paul said. Because he's new, Philemon. He's, he's brand new. He's not the same man that did that to you. He's been saved. And if he owes you anything, I'll pay it. Isn't that what Jesus did for you? Isn't that what Jesus did for me? He paid it all. He paid it all for you and me. What a beautiful picture of what Jesus did for us on the cross. All our sin and the count of our sin, listen, was laid on Jesus on that cross. He didn't deserve that. But He took it. For you and me, so that we could go free. Paul said, if, he's, if he owes you anything, I'll pay it. No matter what it is, I'll pay it. I'll take care of it. Because he's not the same person anymore. He's been saved. What a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ. You see, we all were runaway slaves at one time. Yet when Jesus died on that cross, He paid our sin debt in full. And now you and I can be brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. Onesimus was a man with the past. I don't want you to raise your hand tonight, but all of us could raise our hand and say, I'm a man or a woman with the past. That's me. I, was, I had a past. But guess what? Jesus took all of that past that you had and forgave you of your sin and now you're on your way to heaven how many is glad you're on your way to heaven <laughs> you and I both have a background of sin all of us are sinners but the life of Onesimus encourages you and will remind you that it doesn't matter what your past has been it doesn't matter what you've done Jesus can forgive you and me of all of our sins and pay the price. He paid the price. <laughs> you see, when Onesimus got saved, he was no longer a slave or a thief. He had a meaningful and a beautiful and a bright life with the Lord Jesus Christ. How many can say amen right there? Now let's look a little farther. 
Secondly, the greeters. There's some greeters out there in this bunch of people that he mentions here. The first one is found in Colossians 4.10 when it says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you. Epaparus, in verse 12, if you look there. Epaparus, who is one of you, a servant of Christ. And then in verse 14, he says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Greet you. <laughs> when we get to all of these people, these were people who were with Paul. These were Paul's people. These were people that went with him everywhere. Who were known by the Colossian believers as greeters. What does that mean, to be a greeter? So are they just saying hello to everybody? Is that what they do? <laughs> no, they're giving a word. They're giving a word from the Lord Jesus Christ. They're telling them about Jesus. They're greeting them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says something else about these names. Look at the last sentence in verse 11. Here's what he says about these names that I just read off. He says, these only are my... Read that word with me. What does it say? Fellow workers unto the kingdom of God. They're my fellow workers. They work with me. We work together to enhance the kingdom of God. Christians tonight, that's who we're supposed to be. Fellow workers to increase, to enhance the kingdom of God. But we've got to a place in our lives now to where we don't do that anymore. But these are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Now that's an interesting word that he put right there, that word comfort. I looked this up and, and I didn't think that I was right on it, but I am. Uh, we have a medicine that gets its name from this particular Greek word. Anybody know what it is? Paragoric. Anybody ever heard of that? Comfort, paragoric. Why do they use that for the word paragoric, preacher? Well, that may be something that we don't use now, but I remember, you know, a long, 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 long time ago when kids were coming up and there was a medicine called paragoric, and if babies were crying at night, you know what they did? They'd give them a little paragoric for colic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It was for colic. You might have had some of that. You know what that stuff tastes like. My goodness. Anyway, you give them a little bit of paragoric. Now, I don't know if it was much comfort to the children, but it sure was a comfort to the parents. <laughs> the word comfort here is the word paragoric. It means a tonic. That's what it means. It means a relief, an encouragement to me. That's what Paul was talking about when he said that they are a comfort unto me. He says they're a relief to me. They're an encouragement to, uh, encouragement to me. It's wonderful to have Christians around you who are encouragement. Now, here you go. Greeters. Are you an encouragement? You know, folks, in our day and time, people go through a whole lot. Oh, preacher, that's your job. You know, you, you, you have that job of being an encouragement. Let me tell you something, folks. Sometimes the Word of God won't encourage you. It, it, it will convict you. All of us as Christians have 
the ministry of being an encouragement to somebody. I mean, there's people here on Sunday that need to be encouraged. There may be somebody sitting beside of you Sunday morning that's been drugged through it. I mean, they've just had all they can handle. I mean, their life are just falling apart at the seams. Now, folks, I, I've been pastoring for many, many years now, and I've seen a lot of lives that are just falling apart at the seams, and they need some Christian man, woman, to encourage them and help them in the ministry. And Paul said, now listen to me. Let me tell you something. Paul was stoned to death. Paul was beat. Paul was cursed out. Paul was hated by everybody just about. I mean, he needed some encouragement. And these men of God, these friends and men of God, co-laborers in the gospel, always encouraged him. That's what he said. That's the reason he mentioned them. They're my encouragement. Who are you encouraging? Oh, preacher, you just know I got too much on me to... To be encouraging anybody else. Come on, folks. Please listen to me tonight. We live in a time that people need some encouragement. They need to hear from our Christian brothers and sisters in Christ that you love them and that you care about them and that you'll be there to help them, that you'll be there for them. Listen to me. Look at me. They need that. There may be somebody watching here tonight, and I want you to know we love you, and, and, and we, we care about you, and we know you need encouragement. And if you ever need to talk to anybody, listen, you, you, you can be helped, and we can help you. But not only that, there are going to be people here on Sunday that need to hear an encouragement from you. Because they've been put down all week and smacked down all week and been through everything all week. And they need us as a church. That's who we are. That's what we're supposed to be, but we've gotten away from it, folks. Please listen to me tonight. We've got to get back to encourage. We need to encourage these young families. To stay in the house of God. Bring their kids to the house of God. Love on them. Encourage them. Be what they need. We need it. And God says He'll use you to do that if you'll let Him. He will, I promise you. Christians around you who are an encouragement. Aristarchus. What a name, Aristarchus. Was with Paul on some of the significant occasions. Listen to this. Here's some of the things that... I'm going to quit right here, so stay with me just a moment. Here's some of the things that Aristarchus was with Paul in when it happened on significant occasions. He was with him in the rites in Ephesus. He was right there with him. He didn't leave him. He stayed right with him. When they were trying to kill him, when the rites were going on, when they were trying to run him out, when they hated him. But listen to this, and you can check this out. He was also with Paul when he was on the storm in the Mediterranean Sea in Acts 27. He was right there with him. And Luke was with him. These people were with him. Because they loved one another. And they wanted to take care of one another. Boy, we need it, don't we, folks? Don't we need it, folks?
don't we? We have young couples. We have older couples. We have older people that they just need a hug every now and then. I mean, they're by themselves now. They, they don't have anybody else but their church. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They don't have anybody else but you. Some of you young couples, and I know most of them are not here, but some of you young couples need to love on these older folks and tell them that you're there for them. Help them. It gets lonely. You won't believe how many hospital rooms I've been in and how many nursing homes I've been in where they're just lonely. They're just, they're just lonely. They just want somebody to talk to. They want, they want their sons and daughters to visit them. It's pitiful. And people, that's who we're supposed to be. An encouragement to these folks. We're supposed to love on these folks. This man seems to have been one of those people who was always there in, in the tough times. He was always there in the difficult times. But Paul said, I can count on him. That's what he said. He said, I can count on him. He's, he's with me. Is there, I wonder tonight, is there somebody that you can count on? That they're with you. Think about that. I can count on them. They're with me, preacher. And you know what? The sad thing is, most of us would have to say, you know, a lot of people would say, no, I don't know anybody I can count on. Isn't that sad? It's so sad. We need folks that we can count on. You need people that you can count on. Not only when the times are tough, when times are good, we just need folks. Someone has said that when times are going tough, the tough get going. <laughs> That's the kind of people that Paul had around him. They didn't turn and run. They stayed right there with him. Boy, I tell you what, names mean something, don't they? They just mean something. And Paul wanted you to know about his friends. And we're not done yet. We got a bunch of them to go. But he wanted you to know about his friends. Thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us tonight. Thank you for your precious word tonight. Thank you, Father, for showing us these names and what they mean and what they did, and who they were and how strong they were in the faith. And Father, what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be. Thank you, Father. Help us, Lord, to be more of a friend. Help us to be more of an encouragement. While we have what time we have left on this earth, before you coming, I pray, Father, that we'll just do everything we can to show the love of Jesus. You may be here tonight, and maybe there's somebody on your heart and mind that you just want to pray for. Maybe you want to come and ask God to help you to be the person you need to be as a Christian. I don't know why you're coming, but if you would like to come, this altar is open tonight. And we'll wait on you just a moment if you'll come.